You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to the first 2022 episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of the 2022 season, of course. This episode is brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider. It's because of you all uh, and your support that we're able to keep this project going. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. I'm glad yeah, to be I'm, back. Same. I'm, I'm great. I'm excited to, to be back and talking some MLS fantasy. As always, I'm having to hear you all. Uh, before the episode started, I asked if people could hear my fan, and some people said no, and some people said yes, and so I'm going to turn off that fan very very quick just so we have the you you should have said do you hear any background noise and see if someone Uh, said fan because i think they might just be saying that that might have been it that could have been it well we'll see if we can have as optimal of a viewing experience as we can uh i know audio is always kind of a struggle bus for us at times but i mean we're we're coming to you live from three different locations (laughs) over youtube different equipment so we are doing the best that we can. Gosh Different darn it. corners of the country, might I add. Different, exactly. All, <laughs> all over the yeah. place. Uh, before we get started with some of the, yeah, we got a great show. The three main chunks we're talking about are the changes in the 2022 season, uh, some league updates from MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues, including our new Pro Rail League and the prizes, and uh, also the player targets that we're going to be looking at for uh, for this season. So, um looking forward but before i have to do this uh, we have mike with us in in the channel <gasps> for those of you who don't know of course mike is is one of our co-hosts emeritus every year i buy the scarf for the mls championship team and i add it to the scarf wall display behind me if you're catching us on the the podcast stream on on soundcloud or whatever source you use uh, check out the youtube and you can see that so behind me unveiled there it is wow new york city it's the only reason he's tuning in. He's just be, waiting for that. Yeah. And it's always reserved that middle spot. So, so there it is, Mike, for you and uh, any other of our New York fans. But that's it. The the annual changing of the scarf. It it has happened. I love it. I was an NYCFC fan that day. One there of the go. biggest. <laughs> I I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> Uh, but everyone is here, we know, to talk about the 2022 game. Uh, excited that it's back. Excited that it's back more than, like, what, three hours before the season actually started? That's oh. that's great. Um, we didn't have the promotion this year, but, hey, at least the game started yeah. earlier. So I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it all day. Uh, you guys know I love a plan. I love a plan. planning. And so. <laughs> well, I think we can chalk this one up to the influence of, uh, of Skylar right there. Skyler. But... Uh, let's talk about what happened, what changed, because this change was based on community feedback. If you did not know, last year I put out a survey uh, just for some general feedback about the fantasy season and, of course, the MLS Fantasy Boss and MLS FI projects. And I got approached by MLS and they said, hey, that's awesome. Would you care to share that information with us? So, so they saw it. So everything you all said in that survey about MLS and the game, they saw 100%. So when we do that again this year, do it. Come back feedback they they wanted to see it and everybody 
your feedback was heard. So the number one change that, that we have heard is, or not, not heard, we know, uh, double game weeks are back. This is the classic double game week scoring. Um, for those of you who have not experienced that, if you're newer, uh, this year, as in past, those players who play twice in a game week will have credit for their entire score. So to be added up. The whole scores will be added up together. So if that's your captain, that's double the two games worth of scores. So that's everybody wanted that back. I already saw this once on Twitter. I'm a strong believer that the old system, I was a strong advocate for the old system because I believed that it would help diversify teams more. It would help you not always just go for those double game week guys. But as we know, still the double game week players had a higher average points, about one and a half than the single game week players. So while I do believe it did bring some more of those players into conversations, it had very little impact on team composition and let's just get the big points back. So that's that's what's happened. Are you all happy to see that? Blaine's shaking his head and I'm sitting here nodding my head about it. I think we're two different sides of the, the fence on this, yeah? That was my rule. I, I was yeah. told I could claim that. So I lose my name on something, but no. Sure. Um, uh, it was a lot closer vote than what was initially said. I think it was a little closer to 50-50, and I did talk to Skyler about it, and he said it's just it's his opinion that in a game like this, every game should count, mm -hmm. and zeroing out some of those scores just seems to be against the spirit of the game, and I can't argue with that logic. Yeah, and I, people like. I don't scores. have to like it. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like. I don't have to like it, but I can see the logic and. I thought it was better for competition the other way, but we can play this way. Big scores are fun. Yeah. It's just, you're going to get a little more railroady on some of these weeks and yeah. just be, be prepared for it. And it means winning some of those other weeks are going to be more important and hitting with your differentials week in and week out is where you really separate yourself from the pack. And that's just yeah. good to know. It's We can play this way. We've done it for years and we can go right yeah. back to it. Yeah. It is what it is. Single game week players always make their way into the dream team, no matter which system it was. So, so they will be there. Uh, next, there are now weekly prizes. So they heard the feedback about the about more prizes. Sorry to everyone who does not live in the United States. I don't see that changing anytime soon. That is not me. That is taxes and all that kind of stuff. And, but the EPL does it. Well, they're huge. They're huge. They don't care. So we can't we can't do that. Uh, I actually have to run real quick to deal with baby Rue. So Blaine, yeah. if you and Ashley want to take it over from here, I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, weekly prizes. I, I mean, we all talked about it when we saw it. This was something I think you agree, right, Blaine, that we kind of felt like MLS heard us with this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. This was kind of a shadow change that they just posted on the, hey, the game's coming soon. Yeah. And all of a sudden I saw weekly prizes of win a jersey. And I'm like, I was yeah. like, whoa, yeah. okay. And I mean, so, it's not a Jersey Jersey. It's a $150 gift card, but that will buy you yeah, yep. to the MLS store. That'll buy you pretty much any Jersey out there. Maybe some of the special mm -hmm. ones and personalized ones. You could I don't get think it, it's quite an it, authentic, but it's close. It's gotta be close. Yeah. It's gotta be close. I think authentics run at what? One, one thirty nine, one forty nine, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is one forty nine. Yeah. You could get on tax and shipping and whatever else and long sleeve, which I don't know if they've brought back yet. Sure. Yeah. I haven't checked. I mean, you could get at least what? nine bucket hats with that oh yeah you could have a different bucket hat for every day of the week and then some with that gift yeah, card so it doesn't sell very many good bucket hats. <laughs> no trust me i've looked because i've wanted to match you for quite some time now um but um, still a weekly prize you know with with money to the mls store that's something right 
Um, and so oh, that's, that's re really great to see, you know, winners of the week. I know all of us have, you know, people in Discord or, or people we know, or even ourselves who've, who've come in first in a week and taken so much pride in it. But now you come in first for the week, you get to take home whatever you want from the MLS store. So I think that's a great move on their part. And I know in the community, we were really excited to see it. Um, what else is, does Reed have here for, for uh, some changes? There's been a lot of expanded stats in the yep. in the fantasy game this year. Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to do projected points. They're yep. adding more. I haven't even dug through the whole thing. I was more sure. interested in making a team. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's just it's it's supposed to be some new stuff. I'm waiting to see how they do it. Yeah. Um because we don't have live data yet. No. Um, if you click on a player, it's not even listed, you can't sort by it yet. Mm -hmm. But if you click on a player, it'll tell you their projected points. Right. Which it's a little wonky because we have no data from this year. Yep. Um, I saw somebody who is projected not to be a starter that had a projected points of like 5.5. Yeah. I would like, say look at some of this new data with caution for the first four or five weeks until we get out of that first kind of hurdle of the season. Because while I love that MLS is making it this effort, right. When you agree yeah. to, to kind oh, of yeah. look, look at this data more and, and make it a little more, um, you know, appealing if you will to those those people that are really data driven um i mean ryan's been doing it for years and i don't think mls is going to be quite on his level but still um it's nice to see that they're trying to integrate that into the game for people but definitely take take it with a grain of salt as we start um because you know that the algorithms won't, won't quite be where they're hoping i think and then the last big it's not a change but um kind of news about fantasy this year is fcl is, is back that system is staying the same where um the top 50 in the four different chunks of the season will move on into a uh, single elimination champions league um i love this format i think it's a great kind of game within the game um i don't remember how what do you think about it i don't remember us talking last year i enjoyed it um <laughs> yeah. i didn't make it in but i think that these sprints to to get a result, to get in the top 50, knowing yeah. there's a few chances and having some of the top players drop out every set is yeah. really nice. It gives you something to play for. Yeah. It gives you a chance to really focus in on a few weeks and try to get there. I think it's a cool tournament and a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And they did some good prizes. I know in discord, we had a lot of guys talking about prizes coming out yeah. the last month and yeah. it gave a second way to get some really nice prizes. You got the season long, which is just a marathon and it's really right. hard. But if yeah. you can win a sprint and get in Champions League, I mean, anything can happen in those last few weeks. Totally. We had guys, we had guys reporting big money um, prizes, like four-figure, yeah, four-figure in just from both from both categories, One for, some for Champions League and yeah. some for regular season. And so it's out there, the, the money's there, and it, it's yeah. really cool to get another way to win. And yeah. it's, just, it's a lot to play for. I know that Skylar also talked about giving people an incentive to continue to play when they've been out a week or two or, you know, started playing late. And I think that Champions League gives people a great incentive to kind of pick it up if they've dropped it or, you know, had a bad week and um, or weeks <laughs> even. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see to see that return um, just to kind of, like I said, kind of add a, a game within the game uh, this season again. So, yeah. Uh, welcome. Hello. Hey, Tyler. How's it going? You know, well, just chatting. <laughs> we just finished running through the changes, the season setup for this year. Any thoughts? 
uh double game week prize i love prizes i love like most of the changes that were made you know i'm all for the double game week yeah tyler rides on my side of the fence on that sorry blaine (laughs) and then the the prizes for weekly i think that's something that's really nice Mm -hmm. yeah um all right so one thing in in reads notes here is something that we don't know about um is the player value formula um but as we talked about uh, a lot of that comes through Skyler and, and he did such a great job. I, I think with um, initial pricing, we have to assume that that formula is going to stay the same um, or at least similar. Um, but, you know, we, we don't have any, any confirmation on that. We'll just kind of have to, to see how it goes, um, you know, throughout the season for how players rise and fall. Yeah. So, the the big thing to watch for the values is double game weeks. Yep. Um, generally, or in years past, you can only move up half a million or down half a million, but yeah. it takes both games into account. So in that heavily weighted three-game average, you're blowing out two scores and replacing it with two scores. So taking a, a sub spot and then a starting spot can really blow that average up. So you got to watch that again. Yeah. And that's just going to be, that's going to be interesting to see for a while and just, but that's the only major change that I know of is yeah. with double game week scoring and how that's going to affect pricing. For sure. Other than that, I think we're pretty much in the same boat as we have been early season mm-hmm. is going to be chaotic with a lot of fluctuation yeah. and then as guys get settled in and get their averages built up in the system, mm-hmm. we're going to see that flatten out a lot. Yep. Um, yeah. Did he did he say it's max five mil or is it still max or did it go up to max one? I haven't seen. I think I haven't seen a change. I thought it was still max half a mil Mm -hmm. for for DGWs. Even is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always been the same. They never changed it week to week. So if you played two games, you couldn't go up a million. Mm -hmm. But if you play two games, you can only go down half a million still. So you get the benefit of both. Yeah, yeah it, and it takes into account both games. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it looks at both games as yeah. So, all right, should we move on to some housekeeping? I hate to do it without Reed; it's his favorite part. But I think it's it's Reed, important. Right here for housekeeping. Oh, what perfect timing! I was literally just saying we well, can't do it hello. without you. <laughs> Joined by our surprise guest, Reed Connolly. Surprise! No. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, Tyler. <laughs> changed up the the frames there we go yeah so my kid is not was not cooperating he was supposed to be sleeping but instead he was lying in bed screaming grogu so yeah i uh, mean can't you be a little proud of that though? <laughs> oh, it's I gotta was, be yeah. hard yeah all right well thanks guys for covering yeah. all of the uh the changes. Welcome, Tyler, uh, our surprise Hello. guest for for this episode. So, there we go, everybody. Uh, yeah, and let's get into housekeeping first. Christian, Christian was going to join us tonight. Uh, crossword from from the Discord server, and wouldn't you know, it's his birthday. Aww. He's having a party, and he forgot. So I was like, "You want to turn the show?" And he's like, "Absolutely!" And gets back to me and says. Yeah, I'm having a birthday party tomorrow. I forgot about that. My wife was mad at me. <laughs> so everybody wish Christian a happy birthday. And uh, he, he cares so much about Fanny, so he forgot 
about all consuming what he had planned. Exactly. We've well, especially for him, because you may have seen a tease about mm -hmm. this. But before we get started, Christian has been doing a lot of hard work mm -hmm. in the offseason, and he is working on an enhanced MLS fantasy stats site to be connected with MLS Fantasy Boston Discord. It's going to be player stats and some charts and some predictions and some, some more stats that aren't available at MLS. So we'll look for those three game averages, five game averages, defensive points, offensive points, things like that. So he's working on getting something like that put together for all of us, for you guys, for everybody. It's not live yet. He's still working on it. But I wanted to drop that as a teaser because he's been doing so much great work about it. And we're really looking forward to be able to launch that later this season. So keep an eye out. Other than that, uh, we had the leagues. New this year, I teased this at the end of last season about my, my idea. We have the MLS Fantasy Boss Fantasy Promotion and Relegation Pyramid. So there for this inaugural season, there's three steps. We have uh, the Champions League at the top. We have the Veterans League in the middle, and then we have the Development League at the bottom. And I am the chairman of the Champions League for this first time. Ashley is leading the Veterans League, and Blaine is leading the Development League. So that'll probably change. See how they how they move up. We'll see people there. We might be tapping others on the shoulder to be the creators of the league. That was the one thing I couldn't get over in the planning is if I made all the leagues, I'd be in all the leagues, and that wasn't going to work for the whole system. So... Oh, man. Uh, I know, right? I know, it couldn't be. <laughs> so there are 100 players in total. We have 30 in the champions, 30 in the veterans, and 40 players in the development league. So we have a, a big opportunity for people to join. Uh, for the invites, for building up that top first league sent out, we sent out custom invites to a lot of the same players who you've seen on the show, players you've seen in Discord, players who have been a part of our experts league in the past. Uh, so we have some really good competition there in the top league. After that, once those spots are filled, and there may still be some spots there in the top, but after that, our Patreon members are going to be having the opportunity to join the league next. So all of you all who are subscribed and donating, thank you, thank you, you'll have the first dibs at the next slots. After everyone from Patreon has joined, or after a few days, I'll, I'll give it some time, we'll open up the remaining slots to the general public, which will advertise on Discord. So be sure to check there if you're not a member there already. And when it's full, it's full. And after that, I'll have a waiting list. So if someone becomes inactive or drops out, or for next season, if there's some change, I'll start going back to that list. And that's how we'll build it from there. Uh, likely the patrons will get the, the priorities, but then once those are filled up, we'll start going to the, the waiting list to go from there. So uh, that's how it's going to be built for membership this year. Prizes for all of the leagues in the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues, over $600 in prizes are what we're giving out this year. Super excited about that. Uh, for the uh, Discord leagues, we have a head-to-head -head and a classic league. Uh, for the head-to-head -head league, it's where I give the prizes at. The first place is going to be a $50 <laughs> gift card. Second place is going to be a $25 gift card. And third place is going to be a scarf that I'll work with you to get the team that you want, and I'll send you one. Uh, and the same thing with our Patreon head-to-head -head league. We're going to have an open and a head-to-head. -head. For the head-to-head -head league, that's the prize league for the usual prizes. So 50, 25, and a scarf for the top three players right there. But in our Patreon open league, if you're a member of that, I'm going to have a monthly drawing for a scarf winner. So be a Patreon member, be a member of the open Patreon league, and you have another shot to get 
uh, a team scarf that I'll coordinate with you for getting that, that word. So giving all those out right there. We no longer have the Reddit league uh, that's been disbanded along with that subreddit. And then the traditional MLS fantasy boss league has been combined into the pro rail. Oh, and also for the winners of the veterans and the development league, you're the top finishing player. They will also get a scarf. So we're going to make it rain scarves. If you can't tell that's yeah. what I'm all about. That's what I'm all yeah. about the scarves. I love scarves. There we go. Uh, so that's it now for, for those patrons to, uh, to have access to our league, you have to be a, a tier two Patreon supporter or higher. And that's where you'll go there. Um, and it's, it's going to be great. In addition to Patreon, of course, we have the swag that's available. Change it up this year. Uh, coming back again, uh, our traditional stickers for everyone in Tier 2 or higher. Then new this year, we're having a special edition magnet for the Tier 3 supporters and higher and a special edition button for the Tier 4 supporters and higher. And what I'm planning on doing there is going to Fiverr, trying to find a good artist with some cool designs. I'll give them the logo. I'm going to try to find someone who will give me two options. Then I'll put those out there for you all to vote, for the patrons to vote whatever they want to be, the special edition magnet and button for that year. And if this if this goes well, if you guys like it, I'll find somebody else next year. So I won't just use the other one. I'll find somebody else new and we'll go from there. And that's, that's what I hope is going to be a kind of cool thing um, for you to be able to show the little bit different than the sticker, just, just some really some fun a fun element to it, I thought. So we're going to go with that. And then, of course, for the top tier, we've got the, the custom balls coming back now that some of those are starting to get back in stock. Uh, if you want to learn how to be a member of Patreon and find out more about those tiers, head over to patreon.com, uh, www.patreon.com slash MLSFI. And you can find out more about how to support MLSFI and all the MLS Fantasy Boss projects. And uh, now we're going to talk players. And I know yeah. that's what you are all here to talk about. I've just no, sent out. We're here to talk swag. That we're here to talk I'm I mean, <laughs> I like swag. It, it sounds it like is. it's going to be some cool swag. So No way, let's talk swag. players. I'm just saying. Uh, no, we're here to talk players. And I've sent out, again, the social link. So please do share that in case people have not joined us still. Here's what we're going to be doing. Uh, those of you who are in chat, feel free to jump in with a question. Uh, I'll try to keep it going. We'll let... Uh, these guys do a lot of talking, but I'll try to jump in with the questions uh, when we can. We're breaking everything down between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And to be clear, because I had a little bit of confusion, I think, uh, on, on Twitter earlier today, this is not a round one preview. So these are not players that were necessarily targeting for round one. This is just a general, for those of you who have played before, a reminder about some guys, uh, a heads up about some new players or for those of you who are joining us for the first time those new players yeah. because yeah. we we value you guys as well this this is not a show designed just for for pros but people yeah. who are new trying to get an edge just trying to figure it out just guys to keep an eye on like yeah. i'm sure we'll come up hey who's this this uh this gill guy who's, what's going on well, that's not his name gill guy. <laughs> that's not his name and we'll help you figure out what he is so yeah and you know last i love season, it Last season, we did a, a Western Conference preview and an Eastern Conference preview. Well, this season, the season starts a month early, and we're just throwing it together. Pretty much. It's kind of a collaboration episode um, of just things things to pay attention to across both, you know, conferences in, in fantasy this year. So we'll talk week one next week. Exactly. So Don't week one worry. next week. For right now, buckle up and enjoy. Let's yeah. talk the Eastern Conference. Blaine, Let's you want to make sure we all remember the biggest change about the Eastern Conference first. 
Yeah, um, welcome Charlotte to MLS. Uh, slow I clap mean, it, maybe? I don't know. I mean, anytime we get these changes and expansions, it means something for each conference. Um, this year, it's Charlotte coming in, and I don't think we're going to talk too much about Charlotte players because their preseason has not been good. Oof. They have had one press conference that, I mean, I don't even really want to – repeat what was said because mm-hmm. that coach said something almost unforgivable um nothing I, in the political I, mean, I, th- I think you should because it's fantasy relevant yeah <laughs> i mean when asked about his roster construction he said he had very little hope for this team yeah. like it was they are in a Oof. bad way now yeah. i think i think reading between the lines this is more him calling out the ownership for not having three D on his roster yeah. for the start of the season. Uh, MLS is a DP heavy league. If you're not running two or three top tier DPs, you are not going to be competing at the top of the table. It, yeah. Let's just face it. That's the way it is. Um, and he doesn't have that. So I think he has every right to call out his ownership, but you do that in a, in a press conference and yeah. say, your team's incomplete and you're not, you're not ready for the season. I mean, that doesn't instill a lot of confidence well, in and they, fantasy managers or in your players. And they already had some injuries. I mean, there weren't a ton of names going into this, you know, season for them that I think any of us from a fantasy perspective were particularly excited about. Um, it seems to me like they're kind of going along the road. Do you guys remember when Minnesota first came in and this is not a diss on Minnesota. So please just, don't even start there where they were so intense and this is an outside perspective as well on coming in with their usl heavy team and not signing dps right away they wanted to bring in that roster that did well in usl and bring those players in to play and they very quickly learned like blaine just said that if you're not bringing in one spectacular dp or at least two middle of the road dps it's a hard league to hang with. And there's a reason that there's a difference between MLS and the lower divisions. So I think that Charlotte seems to maybe, you know, without a USL team have been taking kind of the same approach. And we've watched that be unsuccessful in in years past and unsuccessful teams relate to unsuccessful fantasy, but also successful fantasy as Reed has unfortunately learned across the years, (laughs) as we say, always bet against you know his his team and I feel like especially at the start of the season whoever is playing Charlotte which I think is is your point Blaine I am going as many players in on as I can a striker a midi a defender you know across the board um it, it, just with the state of their preseason and you know what maybe they'll turn around and we won't even be talking about it in a couple of weeks but I don't think so yeah, and that's that's rule number one for anybody who's new to the fantasy game is you you've got to just cut the heartstrings for your team. You just got to look at it straight up because everybody's right. We may say, "Oh, this is bad for Charlotte." What 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 are their fantasy options? They're amazing for everybody else. They're amazing for you when you find these teams to bet against. That was that was San Jose last year. That was Cincinnati last year, and and that's what it is mm-hmm. like this. But so yeah, Charlotte is definitely in a tough spot, but. But who do you all like? Let's let's start with keepers and start talking about who we like in general in the East at the keeper position, Ashley. You guys, I knew I was starting and I didn't sound check this name, but I like the new keeper for Chicago. 
Slonina. Uh, that I mean, that's what I want to say, but I don't know if that's right. Yes, Slonina. Gabriel, just call him Gabriel. Okay, thank you. Uh, Gabe from Chicago. Um, I, you know, I, I, he has a lot of hype around him. Chicago defense has never been one to put a lot of money in, which equates to goalkeepers. Um, but I'm interested to see where he's at, especially starting at the price he is, which is 6.5. Some of these keepers are expensive. I Maybe I'm just misremembering. I don't remember some of these guys starting off at eight, you know, in previous seasons. Again, I could just be misremembering, but some of these keepers are particularly expensive. Um, the only other Eastern Conference keeper, and I know we'll need to talk about some of the the, the always names, you know, um, which I, I kind of avoided on my list. I was kind of looking for people that maybe we don't talk about as often. Obviously, you know, Andre Blake um, and, well, Willis isn't, but Andre Blake you know, uh, Cornell, but for me, I was kind of trying to find some keepers that I thought, um, might be some differentials. And another one for me, if he starts is Diop at Miami. Um, I'm not quite sure how that keeper situation is going to look there. Um, he's been so in and out of favor, you know, with Montreal and he was, you know, had a stint with the galaxy. Um, Miami, again, not exactly a defense, I think, Ooh, shutout potential, but Sometimes those keepers will get you some extra bonus points. And he also is priced exceptionally well um, at five and a half, which does mean to me, perhaps he's not going to be their starting choice, but it's something I'm paying attention to um, just because I've liked him uh, in fantasy in the past. So those are my only kind of two out there uh, keepers I'm following, but I, you know, I think a lot of the, the more expensive names um, are going to be, the the keepers we we go with if you want to spend the money as you know i don't like to spend that kind of money on my keeper so i try to spread it around other places so i'm looking for a cheaper starter that i think might do all right and then i'm spending that money someplace else yeah and you want to be careful with with that miami because <laughs> with yeah with the pricing with with marsman at 6.0 and d up at 5.5 there is that question about the starter and it could be a back and forth situation a lot as well so i i think that's one to avoid for sure for sure blaine who do you like yeah, I'm in the same boat as Ashley. I don't. I, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference list, and I'm like, everybody I want is top heavy. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I got to highlight Turner at this point. Yeah. Signing the deal with Arsenal, he's got his last half season in MLS. I expect him to be on a tear and just absolutely light teams up. Um, I, 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 I'm willing to bank on that a little bit if I'm going to spend the big money, sure. but I'm struggling to spend big money on a keeper, especially early in the season. So I think I'm avoiding the Eastern Conference for keepers when it comes to this. <clears throat> there are some cheap options. There are some battles going on. Miami's one of those. Like, <clears throat> depending on what Miami looks like this year, maybe. <clears throat> we, we talked them down a lot, Charlotte. But, you know, one hallmark of a really bad team that can't hold possession is the goalkeeper faces a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at mm-hmm. uh, 5.5, 5.0, and 4.5 on the Charlotte list of goalkeepers. I don't know who's starting from that list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if I can pick up, okay, if it's a 5.5, maybe not. But if I'm picking up a 5.0 or a 4.5, even if they're, I'm not trying to run a keeper, I'll stash them on the bench for a potential price rise. Because if they face 15 or 20 shots a game, that's a lot of potential for just bonus points. points. Yeah. Fantasy slang alert. Fantasy slang alert. Mm-hmm. Keeper Roo. Anybody who's new, Keeper that's a that's a, a, a trick that we use to be able to preview some points and swap keepers around. There'll be a video about that before the season starts, but 
you'll hear things like that a couple times i think during this episode fantasy sling <laughs> stop wait but yeah so this is a beginner cincinnati, friendly yeah and i would put cincinnati in that same boat with charlotte i think there is a little bit of a goalkeeper battle there i think it's a little bit less of a battle but i think there could be one and i'm looking at who starts and if they're going to give up a lot of shots you just you sometimes take a flyer on one and see if you can pick up bonus points for cheap when you don't like any of the other matchups. And if I'm looking at Eastern Conference goalkeepers, that's what I'm looking at right now. It's because I don't – it's all expensive, and $100 million is not enough budget to start the season to really look too deep at these guys. A little bit farther down the line, we'll be able to do that, and you'll be able to get into these big names like Blake and Johnson and Turner that we always like to have. But early in the season, you can't. And this is an early season primer for me. I got to avoid the Eastern Conference. Yeah, if there's a battle for keeper at Cincinnati, we are in a lot of trouble because there should not be. Should it should be, be con. <laughs> you, yeah, sir, are, are correct. <clears throat> are absolutely correct. Uh, Tyler, who do you like? Um, I'm, I don't know if I like them, but I'm still trying to decide based on price. Um, from chat, they said that the Montreal goalkeepers is between Pantamus and Braza. Braza, I think, is five and a half right now. Yeah. And then Pantamus is 6 0. So I think if it is Braza that starts, I wouldn't mind him as a, a fantasy slang alert, Keeperu. Yeah. Uh, because that's just a nice price to have. And if we want a backup after that, we. They are early Sunday, so you never know. Um, but it was just communicated that it's kind of a 50-50 of which one of those is starter right now. And it might be a different guy in the next week and the next week and the next week. I honestly don't know. But that's the only real one that I want to highlight right now. Like it. I'll wrap it up with just a few more names for people just to consider. You guys have definitely touched a lot of them. I mean, the big names to, to remind you of, I mean, find those guys who are 7.5 and 8. Blake, Turner, Cornell, Johnson, those types of guys from Philly, New England, Red Bulls, and, and New York City. Those those are going to be some bread and butter guys who are going to be scoring big points but are going to cost you a lot. Uh, Galise. Galise is another name to throw in there from Orlando. Uh, I, I don't like keepers in the 8.0 either uh, i find it kind of prohibitive i think that's way too much to ever spend on a goalkeeper can i so, do the smallest explanation for why we feel like that not to speak yeah. to anybody because yeah. it's hard to get a bonus point as a quality keeper with a shutout defense right so the way that defenders get bonus points when they're listed at that price is so much more expansive than how keepers can get bonus points so sure an 8.0 keeper on a solid team should get a shutout but the chances of them getting any additional keeper bonus points are so low. So to spend the same money as you would on a starting keeper as you could on a starting defender for the same you know caliber of team feels like a bad use of money based yeah. on what they can produce, if that makes sense. Exactly. When you're looking at how players generate points uh, – for for keepers, it's it's playing. It's it's actually starting the game. So those maybe somebody over there at Montreal or, or Cincinnati just playing every game is going to be a large chunk of how they generate points. After that, it's actually recoveries for a more reliable fantasy stat for what you can look at. Clean sheets are hard to come by. Shot stops are hard to come by. Saves all those things. So it 
you really just want to have a guy who's going to be there on the line game in and game out. And they, they tend to get pretty close. Uh, so yeah, eight, 7.5, eight. Woof. Those are, yeah. those are hard things. Unless I'm just going to scrub a guy fantasy slang alert scrub. <laughs> Uh, for other options, I've seen some names in chat right now. Uh, Ashley, you mentioned um, Solnina. That's what I'm going to go yep. with as well. Yes, Solnina. Uh, Chicago's a good look. Hamid, yes. Uh, that's sure. next. I said that yep. in chat. DC has a uh, pretty good history of traditionally being some good defense. A little rough sometimes still, last year, but still seven, you know. Right, still seven. Yeah. Uh, mentioned uh, Room, another one over at Columbus, has, has a good history there, national team player. Uh, and then uh, you can look over maybe even – I know we, we bashed him some at the beginning, but um, Mark Kowski over at San Jose had some good good times last wrong year. Com- wrong, this, conference. This wrong conference. Wrong conference. Oh, oh, sorry. Come sorry. on. Come on. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Bunch of notes. Bunch of notes. Yeah. Scratch that. Never mind. Hamid Room Chicago. Yeah. There we go. Sneak preview. This first episode is also about working out the bugs that's in the kinks mm-hmm. and uh, dusting everything off. So that's what it is. But yeah, so there's some other names to take a look at. Uh, we had one more question in chat about Khan and uh, how will that upgrade defense? It, it is the best keeper we have had since 2019 is Khan. Okay. Is so uh, will that actually help the production? I don't know. A lot of that will depend upon the defense as well, which we'll talk about right now. So let's head over to the Eastern Conference defense. Blaine. Yeah, I haven't had a really big chance to shout out Skyler yet, but I think this is a good chance. He's done all the back-end changes this year. Um, pricing is on point this year. When we talk, start talking about some of these names from here on out, we're talking about struggling to find cheap options, but he's also in charge of all of the positional updates. And a huge update that came through this year, and my number one defender to highlight from the Eastern Conference, because mm-hmm. I think he's worth it, it's Julian Gressel. Yeah. He has been moved yeah. back from the midfield to a defender line. Yep. And with the exit of Paul Ariola, I half expect Gressel to start more games as a right wing or right mid than he does as a right back. Um, I expect them to slot somebody in. DC is a team I expect to have five fantasy defenders playing most weeks. Um, That's crazy. And that's insanely good for us to get an out of position midfielder posing as a defender in the game, because that's a huge potential for offensive bonus points. Just it can make a defender really stand out of against the crowd. And Skyler put him where he had to, because I think that's the best case. But I think we all know Gressel's going to spend more time in an advanced position, and that's wonderful for us. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, I don't trust the Miami defense, but I look at some of those defenders in their prices, and I want to take notice of them. And there's there's some names out there that just I want to see where this team goes, and they're going to be a group I watch early on because I don't think they can really get much worse as a team than they were last year. And if the shakeups on the team have fixed anything, if, if they work well, they've added Yedlin. Yedlin can get forward, can get a lot of bonus points really quick. Um, I'm looking at this defense and I see Breck Shea is still listed as a defender as he should be, but I could see him playing in a more advanced position. False nine. 
Yeah, and he's cheap. <laughs> so if you can get a cheap midfielder on your defender line, you go for it. And then Gibbs is a guy that I just I want to see what he can do in MLS. He played 10 games last year. He got 22 fantasy points. Not great, but he was working into a team. Give him a full offseason. I just I I think they were lesser than the sum of their parts last year. And if this team can put it together, I think there's some real value on the Miami line that you can look at. But as Ashley said, I don't she doesn't like spending money on goalkeepers. I don't like spending money on goalkeepers. I don't like spending money on defenders, but there's two guys that I just have to keep an eye on to start the season. And I look at a different stat when I'm looking at goalkeepers and defenders, and that's uh, the price you pay for a single point. Um, The lower price point you pay, the better off they are. And usually that means cheaper players who score an average amount of points are going to give you more return on your investment. But there are two guys that I think are just primed to go off. And the first one is Kai Wagner from Philly. He tore it up last year. I think he's going to be well worth the investment from the start of the season on. He is linked to a midseason transfer. Um, He tried to get out of Philly this year. He wants to go to Europe. But that means he's got to prove himself to make sure he's still on the market to go to Europe. So I expect him to come out guns blazing and really (laughs) light up the fantasy game for us. And the other guy that I'm really hoping revitalizes his new team this year is Andrew Gutman. Uh, his loan to Red Bulls is over. He is now in Atlanta and Bello is gone. So it's Gutman to start. Um, he did wonders for a New York team that was struggling offensively in a lot of ways. You put him in there with this Atlanta attack. I mean, he's got Martinez to give service to. Almeida's come in. Moreno's still there. I mean, this team is just loaded and he could be just another machine on the wing for them um i think he's going to exceed all expectations that we've got kind of in the preseason rankings um everything he did last year i think is is going to be small compared to what he can do this year with atlanta i think he's going to be worth an investment from the start of the season and that's tough for me to put that type of praise on a defender who really hasn't shown it yet one year in it because he's changing teams. Wagner's easy to say because he's he's back with the same club. But I think Gutman's the other one, and I think you've got two guys that you can pay premium money for from day one and get a good return. Very nice. All right, Ashley. Yeah, um, I also Gressel was probably the biggest one that that stood out for me. Um, I think that might be a mismatch for point mismatch for points depending on where they play him in their system. Um, I also want to give a semi-homer shout to Brad Smith and that DC defense, um, I think could also uh, really be used in a more offensive way to get some, some heavy price production. Um, But the two, again, I'm not trying to make this a budget episode, but the two defenders from the Eastern conference on teams that I normally like for defense that are priced at a price I like for defense are Brandon by at six for new England um, and Alistair Johnston moving to Montreal from, um, from Nashville, going home as a Canadian back to Canada. He's also listed at six. Um, those are two players. I, I anticipate to have a price rise. Um, we'll see. Uh, I haven't been able to follow as much preseason for the Eastern conference teams as I have for the Western conference teams. So I'm not sure, you know, how in favor they are. I know Montreal paid a lot of money for him. Um, so I would anticipate that that Johnson would start. Um, but just generally when I'm looking 
at these defenses. Um, you know, I, I am looking at Kai Wagner for sure. I think that um, that feels like sometimes we talk about not getting trapped in something that worked last year, working this year. But I also agree with Blaine that I, I think he might be someone that's worth spending the money on in the East. Um, I'm interested to see how Toronto's defense shakes out every once in a while. There'll be a player there, Richie Larea, Aro went through phases who, who can produce well as a winger. Um, but I'm not quite sure if that defense is well enough put together for me to look at. But I like a New England defense. I like a Columbus defense, depending on the matchup. Um, I, I do like DC's defense. They were a little inconsistent down the stretch last year, but in general, I like them. And then I also have to think good things about the Philly defense. They're expensive, but like Blaine said, I think as long as you're not, you know, picking several of them, they might be worth the investment depending on the matchup. The thing I like about Philly is they, they have zero turnover in their defense right now. Mm-hmm. So their defense is going to be as yeah. good as it was last year, if not better. And their keeper is still Andre Blake, which some of you might be saying, actually, why does that matter? Well, because the keeper is the one who can help keep the shutouts for the defenders. And I think when Andre Blake is your starting keeper, yeah, um, that also makes a bit of a difference. So, but again, so pricey. So it's, it's hard right out the gate for me to spend that money, but I do agree with Blaine. I think he might be worth it. Who do you like, Tyler? I, I'm trying to figure out who the, center back pairing is with Atlanta is it supposed to be Alan Franco or is it supposed to be Morales if it is Morales he's at 5-0 um I've heard that it he might be the person that's next to Miles Robb for the center back pairing um and that's also going back to Ashley's a a cheap pick that can work really well if you want to try to get into Atlanta's team I believe it is Morales, based on reports I've heard. I think so. Matt is saying Franco, Franco, Franco and Robinson. I don't know if Franco's healthy, but if it is, then yeah, he's. Either way, it's either first week $6. they said. First week they said look at Campbell Robinson. Okay. Either way, Campbell is five zero, Morales is five zero, and then Franco is six zero. So that's yeah. still a relatively cheap center back to go alongside Miles Rob. Um. And then the the kind of pricier guy, he's a newcomer, but Columbus has always had a really good defense, and mm-hmm. I really like center backs that play for Columbus. So yeah. I don't know how to say his name. Degenic? Degenic? Yeah. I'm not I can't even pronounce it. Degenic is what I'm going to go with. Yeah, sure. Degenic for Columbus. Um They've just always built really good center backs. And yeah. pretty much anybody ne- next to Mensa is either going to get a clean sheet or a lot of bonus points. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That's where I would look, especially playing against Vancouver in week one. Like, yeah, that's a that's an easy pick. Sure. Yeah, that's a good good pickup. Columbus has had some good <laughs> ones. Uh, a few other names just to throw out to people. Uh, I got to say Mensa, if you're looking at someone on Columbus, there's a classic guy right there, 7.0. Worth it, I'd say. That's that's fair, I think, for the kind of production he has. Uh, Lennon at Atlanta had some great production for us. Another Toronto player to keep an eye on, Al Salcedo. That's, uh, that's one we got kind of high, but that's one you can take a look at. Um, sticking with Philadelphia, Glessness, a name that we also heard mentioned several times last year. And some talk in the chat. 
about bemoaning people who have left New York, like Duncan and and Gutman, who did a little bit of time in Cincinnati as well. Uh, but I still think there's quality there. I mean, you've got you've got Long, you've got Tolkien, you've got Nealis. A lot of those guys hit some good points, 6.0, 7.0. Uh, so I think there's still some good options there at New York and with, with their keeper. Uh, I think they're a really good option. You guys mentioned Franco already, but Brad Smith, we've talked about him. Brad I said Smith. it. Who do you, oh, did you said it? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was if making my I hadn't notes. said it, Tyler would have said it, but I definitely <laughs> said it. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it again, Brad Smith. It's right worth there. saying twice. Uh, I think it is. Yeah. And he, that's, I think that's a good place for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good system. Uh, but after that, maybe some players you might want to avoid that, that are been up there uh, with their name. As uh, much as I love him, Tinner Holm, not quite as much he's, production, 7.0. He's not healthy right now either. He's not healthy either. No, no, you're right. But not as much production either last year, 7.0. Uh, Andrew Farrell is a guy that uh, – Reed, no. I was just about to hype him up, and then you said don't pick him. <laughs> I, Farrell is not – he, but he's not the one that you're going to go to. I mean, Also, he, didn't he they had, just sign Omar Gonzalez? They did. Uh, yeah. Oh, so it's like question mark on who their center back is, right? Exactly. Now. Exactly. So, and and like Farrell's just that weird spot. So, um, I'll give it to you. Elliot over at Philadelphia, also maybe kind of high, yeah. uh, 7.0. I, I think you're usually looking at like Wagner or Elliot sometimes, and and you get a bit more production out of Wagner at 7.5, unfortunately, than that 7.0. So, uh, a few names like there. And of course, a, another name to keep an eye, unless I missed it again while I was making my notes, Ashley, uh, DeAndre Yedlin. Yep. Yeah, you missed Blaine, that. Blaine that was actually Blaine. Blaine missed that one. Yeah. See, I'm well, sitting here. I'm trying to not type. First. I'm trying to not type this time because it's He's always actually... clicky, clicky, clicky. So I'm doing this whole paper thing here. You're good. And I just got to focus too much when I'm writing. Well, some, cheap, someone in chat might might be able to weigh out on this, but he's listed as a yellow for some reason. Um, I don't know if that's like some weird carryover. He might not be in the states yet. He know. is in. I've seen. I've seen pictures on social of him at training, which is my okay. deep dive of where he's at. But I don't know if he, you know, if he's fit or if he's carrying over a knock or if that's just a system thing. But yeah, he's cheap. The whole defense is cheap. But that also makes me a little nervous that they're also yeah. cheap. But yeah, um, Blaine did did throw him out there, and I think, you know, I've watched his season over seasons overseas, and I don't know if fantasy production wise he's going to be the same deandre yedlin as the one who left but you know for that price it's worth paying attention to him yeah well let's go to midfield and let's start out with you tyler because you can probably say some positive things about a new england player at least at this point just some guy Um, no let's uh let's not talk about that guy okay mr guild can be talked about somewhere else um season (laughs) (laughs) um I actually was going to bring up Zayla Rayon. Um, I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but Columbus always has like really bad seasons and then extremely good seasons, bad seasons, really good seasons. They just had a bad season. They should have a really good season. Should. And Zayla is going to be the one that has to carry them if they're going to have a really good season. So at 9-0 right now, I feel like he can he can rise, especially playing against Vancouver, who doesn't have a goalie right we're, now. We're not talking week one, Tyler. Remember, we're talking about Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do I do really like Zalo for the full year. And then the other one is, with such a big turnover in Orlando, uh, Pereira for Orlando yeah. 
feels like a really good pick. I think he should be on set pieces based on the people yeah. I'm looking at. There might be one of the newcomers that takes it over him. Yeah. But I'm just, I really like that spot with so much turnover from, uh, sure. from Orlando. Yeah. All right, let's go to you, Ashley. Um, I have to start out just I don't know if you guys know this, but my husband is a lifelong Liverpool fan. So I am definitely paying attention to, I am not, but he is. So I've heard nonstop about Shakiri coming to Chicago. Um, in my house, he is known as the power cube. Um, and he, I think is going to bring a good amount of that into that midfield. I just don't know how he's going to come into MLS. Every once in a while, we like, we'll see a signing um, and we're, you know, you just think, Oh, they're going to destroy people. I don't know if I feel like that about Shakiri, but I could see it happening. He's listed at nine and put a lot of money into it. Um, he's definitely an Eastern Conference player that I'm paying attention to because Chicago's had so much kind of not just turnover, but turmoil. Um, so that's a pretty big name coming into a team that's really trying to put the effort and the money into, I don't even want to call it a rebuild, but something um, so he's someone that I'm definitely going to pay attention to in the East. Um, and then I also, I've, I've never been a big fan of him when he was with the galaxy for fantasy, but Du Bois, Sebastian Legette going to new England back with Brucey in that midfield system, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure he's, and he's also listed at a reasonable ish price, um, at eight, but I just think there could be some extra points to grab there um you know we we talked a lot last year about like when Hill is playing in a different position or if he'll have to play with Bo and how points get spread out um I still think you're going to see a ton of points out of Carlos Hill that's a, a name we don't need to spend a ton of time on um that's he's a lot of points he's a lot of production um he's a lot of midfielder but I'm interested to see who else in that New England midfield can can pick up some points um and I think it might be Sebastian Legette um, yeah, I, I don't. He's a starter with uh, I forget his name. <laughs> the guy that transferred last year. Uh, Buchanan. Buchanan. No, yeah. he's gone. Yeah, Tejon's so gone. he's gone. Yeah. Yes, and he's so starting for Tejon. Legit is the new Tejon. Exactly. I now I don't know if he's going to have the same fantasy point production, but I think that it's possible. Um, you know, and Conley going back to play for Bruserina, I I think plays kind of heavy for Sebastian Legit. Um. So he's just, like I said, he's, he's listed, not cheap, but um, at a decentish price at, at eight and you know, on a team that I think is super fantasy point heavy. Um, so that's just a name that I'm kind of paying attention to when before, um, when the Galaxy had been kind of a dumpster fire, even when they were doing well, he wasn't one claiming a ton of points. So I'm just interested to see how he is for New England in that system and that role. Mm-hmm. Blaine? Yeah, I... I'm curious just straight up how Lewis Morgan's going to affect Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, he had one of those almost MVP caliber seasons and then absolutely disappeared. That one year he was right there. I don't think he was going to win it. I don't think there was ever a question. But, I mean, he was in the MVP debate with what he was doing for one season and then just disappeared. Don't know if he's got it again. But if he solidifies that attack, it could be a little bit of a playmaker. I think that brings Red Bull midfielders back to viability. 
And that means Costris Jr. at 7.5 and Caden Clark, who's back at 6.0, go up in value. And they're priced for having played in a pretty terrible midfield that couldn't get much work done. Um, so I, I'm curious what Red Bull's going to look like. They're an early season watch for me. Probably not pick up these guys unless I like the matchup a whole lot. But I want to see where this goes, and I want to see how they play with Morgan in the system. A guy that I could start from day one, though, is Mihailovic up in Montreal. Last year, he broke Piatti's single-season assist record. Um, He is the guy up there. He's only priced at nine. Um, Reasonable. I mean, we're seeing a lot of nines across the board in midfielders this year. Um, Skyler did a great job of leaving this wide open for us to pick who we want. Um, I think Mihailovic is going to be one of those guys that's going to produce for us from day one. They really don't have anybody else to rely on up there, so he's going to get a lot of it and a lot of the set pieces. But he showed he can do it last year without the supporting cast that Piotti had at times. And so I I just I have faith that he's going to continue to develop as a player and really be that guy for the fantasy game. Um I've got, I had Zella down, but Tyler got to talk about him. I agree with everything there. I think he's just, he's ready for a good year. Um, Pedro Santos is a cheaper option to get into that midfield if he can stay healthy. But if he's healthy, I think he's going to benefit. And I think that team just healthy is going to have a pretty productive midfield. Um, But I've got one that's on the other end. And that is, I'm going to fade Pozuelo to start the year and probably for a while. Um, I'll have to get updates before week one from older goaler, but I had heard that two of their players, potentially defenders were unsure if they were going to sign contracts or stay with the team um, because of COVID issues and family and travel restrictions. Them staying in Canada may or may not be in the best interest of their families. Um, so if you've got two guys, I think one of them was Kamar Lawrence, and I'm not sure who the other one is off the top of my head. It might've been Aro. It might've been somebody else. Um, if you've got guys like that, that are saying, Hey, we don't know if we're going to start the season with you guys, because we don't like the travel rules that our family's being put through. That makes me take pause on an entire team. And if you lose what's left of that defense, and then you've got Pozuelo who, really works best in a more possession-oriented game when the defense is behind him, keeping the back safe, able to hold possession a little bit and do that, you're fine. You take these guys away, I think Pozuelo's numbers are just going to drop off. If this team has to sit back a little bit more, we're going to lose a lot of offensive power here. And I just, I don't know where Toronto's going with this rebuild. They've lost a lot of players. Um, They struggled offensively last year. I hope Akinola can be one of those young kids that really makes a statement, but I just don't know anymore. And so I can't spend the money that Pozuelo is going to cost early on in the season. And so I'm going to, I'm going to fade him and probably fade the entire Toronto midfield because of it, just because I don't know where that team's going. And I think it could get really bad, really fast. That's fair. Uh, a few more names that I'll throw out there that we've we know and love. Uh, we, I saw in chat. Uh, it's probably Patrick said all of Atlanta. Uh, maybe not all of Atlanta, but yeah, definitely look at uh, Almeida and at uh, Moreno are, are two guys to look at right there. 
Uh, Pereira down in Orlando, that could be maybe a better year for him. One to, to keep an eye on with that. Maxi Morales, uh, New York City, another one to remember, um, especially with the championship. So we have that. But also, I'm, I'm going to say this because it's, it's really where it's all going to come from. Acosta, maybe if things get together for Cincinnati, could be a better time. He had 183 points last year. So he was in that top 10, two, four, six, eight. Okay. 11. He was 11. So he was almost, he was almost in the top 10 right there, but that, I mean, that's, that's a respectable score, I think for a guy on a horrible team. So if anything is better, Acosta could be a a decent shout at some points. And you guys are absolutely right about, about the the pricing 9.0 for some of these guys, Uh, a good, a good respectable price point for what some of the production could be. If you're finding people, 8.5. 8.5. I think that's Moreno's is 8.5. Um, that's going to be a steal. One thing to keep an eye on, though, for all the new players and people returning, don't forget, with the change of the double game week system, with getting both games now, defensive midfielders kind of get back in the conversation. Yeah. I, I guess everyone wants to say they, they kind of are. I don't know. I'm still kind of yeah. cold on defensive midfielders. But uh, those guys with those high, the high floors, Alonzo yeah. is down, down in uh, Atlanta now. So that's one. Well, and- Darlington Nagby and mm-hmm. and um who else uh Michael Bradley they're all priced so well we just don't look at them because we don't really like them yeah. but in when this, a DGW comes though exactly and this beginning part of the season where you do want that price rise I think that it's it is nice to consider some of very some situational of those guys. Yep. but let's wrap up the Eastern Conference and start talking about forwards Blaine um number one forward for me fantasy wise is Klamala for Red Bulls. Um, in all of fantasy, your number one striker is In the Eastern Conference. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> number one guy put on my list. I want to know if he's on set pieces. That's my big question sure. there. I, if he's on set pieces, you give him a guy like Morgan behind him, you let him get a little bit more. Um, don't they still have Tom Edwards? Because he was on set pieces for them last year. Well, or Klamala's on, on uh, penalties. PKs. Sure. Oh, PKs. PKs. That's yeah. I want to know what he's doing. Um, Fabio's gone. That means Klamala is going to get more of the offense. We don't know quite if this is going to be a two striker set like it was last year or a single guy. I just want to see. I think Klamala has got the potential to really shoot up the rankings. And he's not priced super terrible compared to some of the other guys to start the season that I just I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to see what Red Bulls can do with a little bit more focus on midfield production because let's face it, everything they got last year pretty much came from the forward line or their defenders. Um, so I want to see what, what he can do in a system that's got it. Um, Yuri Uri from uh, Philly. Um, Shabilko was a guy that we liked last year at times, but he never could produce. Um, a change up at striker there is enticing. He's only 9 million. He's not, he's not bad. If he gets the same service Shabilko did and can hit the expected goals mark, unlike Shabilko, we could be looking at a, one of the scoring leaders from the Eastern Conference right there. That system's primed to give a forward ball. If he can convert, you're looking at a monster player right there, and he's starting off a little lower on the price point. Um, Joseph Martinez is the other premium guy that I, I, I've i got to see him. I just – there's so many midfielders and then Gutman's there now. There's so much potential for 
service for him. If he finishes at any rate like he has in the past, he's just – I mean, we're looking at another golden boot caliber season with the amount of service yeah. he could get. Um, I, I don't see how we can't talk about him if he's going to get that service. And I think Atlanta fans are are sure he's going to get it. I don't I just I see those I see those guys behind him and I have to wonder if it's there and I think it is. And if Zardes can stay healthy, I expect Zardes to climb right back up the Eastern Conference goal scoring list. Uh last year was just a really rough year for him with internationals and injuries and everything. And I think he's gonna slide under the radar a little bit and he's priced to match that to a degree. But if he goes back to what he was and Zella's on. Um, I expect him to shoot right back up the list of goal scorers in the Eastern Conference. And you can't ignore somebody like him, given the midfield he's got behind him and a good defense where they keep a lot of the ball. <coughs> Ashley. Yeah. Um, hey, Bear. Eight and a half NYCFC. Um, he was the Tati before Tati got hot. Um, I'm sure Mike will have words on that. But, you know, he was a was a big fantasy producing striker before he got hurt. I'm always skeptical when someone comes back from a big injury like he did. Um, but, you know, last year Tati did everything because there wasn't anyone else really for him to pair with. So I'm interested to see now um, if, if or when Haber starts starting, um, are, you know, do they share the goals? Are they assisting each other? Where are those points falling? Um, I am one, and you guys know how much I love Tati last season all the time. I don't know if I think that he can repeat the season he just had. I know City is holding out to sell him, which to me indicates that they want him to repeat the season that he just had. Um, but I feel kind of a Dom Dwyer vibe from him where Dom Dwyer went off, went crazy, scored a ton of goals, got a DP contract, didn't score more than 10 goals again, ever again. Um, I don't think that that's Tati's trajectory, but um, I don't know how he's going to produce next to Hey Bear. So those are two players that I'm definitely paying attention to um, in that NYCFC, you know, striker tandem. Um, and then I just am so perplexed and I, we don't need to go into too much detail about it because I feel like we'll talk too long, but I'm so perplexed with the Bo Boopsa Josie situation. Like Josie's not a striker that I've picked up in like two years in fantasy, Um but I just don't know how that's going to work. And I do kind of wonder, okay, if he starts or when he starts, how much does that take away from Bo? Who rests? Who sits? Do they play all three? You know, I'm just, obviously, if you're a New England fan, yay, I think. Um, but as a fantasy player, I'm like, okay, you're going to start taking points from the people that I know to be <laughs> tried and true point earners like Bo and Buxa. Um, So I was a big boo to that signing because I just think it's going to affect what I know is kind of a blueprint for New England fantasy. Um, so Bo, Buxa, Josie are, are is a three pair. I don't even know what they're going to do there. But um, our three Eastern Conference forwards that I'm definitely kind of paying attention to just to see how they contribute to each other's point values because last year it was the you know there were weeks where we'd take them both we take both Bo and Buxa um or you could almost interchange them and so if you throw Josie Altstor who is getting a tan salary but making DP money um you know they have to play him when he's healthy so I just don't know how that's going to affect the, the point production so I'm definitely paying attention there and I'll echo Blaine with Giassi, if he's healthy, you know, he also just like Columbus did had a 
had a kind of off kind of bad season last year. So I, I expect a little more out of him. Um, and also Yosef, I, I really do think we'll see a return to the, you know, Yosef Martinez of fantasy gold that we've known in the past, especially with Pineda. Um, so those are definitely names I'm paying attention to too. Uh, the one interesting part about Josie to New England is we often talked about how it seemed like Bo would need heel to be in that mix to relieve some of the pressure and split some of that that option. Josie does that with with his holdup play. If you're starting Josie and Bo, you could create that space that Bo needs or get those opportunities that Josie needs with just his raw strength. So um, it it's frustrating completely with those guys i don't know how that's going to work out but if you do have times when maybe heel is out that it makes a double combo with that forward still not necessarily taking the impact of the fantasy potential of the player away because of some of that holdup he gives so yeah. just just a quick little thing there uh tyler arena, oh i was gonna say will arena use him that way because we saw i mean that's how he used him for the for the men's national team he was all hold up yeah but that was yeah. That was when he was the, the only guy. I don't you can't you can't bench Bo for Josie. You just can't do it. No. And no, I don't think you, you, you played you played them both. No, you, you played Bo yeah. with Josie. But you have Josie Buxa. provides that. But the you have up. but you have Buxa who can play a wing role pretty well mm-hmm. with with that. Josie, I don't see as a winger at all. And where I'm going with this is we saw Arena do this. He had two pretty legit strikers, one that was a pheno- was phenomenal in, in Robbie Keane. Oh, and Robbie Keane, they side. had Donovan behind him, but then he pushed Zardes out wide. And as we know, Zardes never really thrived out wide. Sure. You put him in Columbus as a center forward, he scored 20 goals his first season playing true center forward. I don't see Arena doing that with Josie. He's going to either force yeah. him out wide and try to make this work. I just don't see him changing his system enough. And I've what never seen it in his career where he's going to make this work. Well, we well can, it, it, it won't. It won't be a problem because we know it'll happen the first game. He'll go yeah. out wide. He'll pull his hamstring. He'll be gone for <laughs> half the season. No problem. And then, it won't be an issue. No stress. The rest and then the no problem. <laughs> Tyler, who do yeah. you like? <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm a really big fan. I've seen it in chat too of Araujo for Arujo. I don't Araujo. know if you say his name different for. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, he was a mid last year, and he's a forward this year. Yep, he was already producing really well as a mid. He's a DP. He's one of their most expensive signings. Yeah, and now he's a forward that's going to be producing mid points, Mm -hmm. and that's just not someone that you can overlook easily as a forward. Um, and I've seen a lot of things in chat about it, like, oh, he's going to be a higher He's going to be more points than Joseph. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think Joseph definitely is going to get all his points off of goals, but Arujo probably will get them off of assists and bonus points in general. Um, and then I know there's been some question marks about Gola Kamara. <laughs> if he's Ooh. even going to be, a, be on their team this year. I've heard, I know this might go a little bit into the Western Conference, but I've heard that he might transfer to SKC. So I just don't know if he's going to be on um, DC for the whole year. I just keep an eye on that. Uh, And based off preseason hype, because I always have to have one preseason guy, uh, Jesus Jimenez for TFC has been doing really well for them in preseason. I think he has two or three goals so far. 
I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. Um, and I just, I think he's going to be playing well for them since Josie's gone. He should be their starter, but he's not in the game right now. There we go. Uh, you guys have pretty much covered everything that I wanted to mention. The only two more that I'll throw out there, uh, Higuain down in Orlando. Uh, I know they had some rough times, but he was, I think the sixth highest scoring. Yeah. So keep an eye on that one. And uh, Kyoto up in Montreal had uh, had some good good times last year. I say don't know if these are game round one guys, but just just some names to to keep throwing around as you're uh, you're thinking about who you might want to I want to go with. All right, chat. Anybody before we go to the Western Conference? Anybody that we missed? Speak now, forever. Hold your picks. If we miss it, we'll talk about it in round one next week. Let's go back to the top of this. Goalkeepers for the Western Conference. Uh, but first, Blaine, the big news. What's happened out West? Yeah, with the addition of Charlotte and the unbalanced schedules, uh, Nashville is now a Western Conference team. Uh, this is really intriguing to me uh, for the Western Conference because we're we're picking up an Eastern Conference powerhouse. Um this could be really good or really bad for competition. I mean, it's going to be good for competition. Um, where are we? What are we going to see from Nashville when they have to play Seattle twice, Sporting twice, go to Colorado, um, both LA teams? They're going to be playing a little bit harder schedule top to bottom. They don't get two games versus Cincy and two games versus Charlotte and two games versus Miami, who is reeling, and two games versus Orlando that struggled to break down a good defense like Nashville has. Um, Nashville was racking up the draws last year. They they got a ton of points off the draws because they could keep a clean sheet, but I don't know if they can score against the Western Conference at the same rate. This is just going to be interesting because now we've got a, a powerhouse team that I don't know if they're going to be a powerhouse in the West, and if they are a powerhouse in the West, we've just had every other Western Conference team pick up two really tough matchups every year. So this completely changes the landscape of the Western Conference when you add a team like this in, and it makes it really hard to evaluate certain players because we don't know what they're going to do considering last year, and I think actually the last two years, teams only played three interconference games, three or four at most. So there are some teams out here, out West, that have not really played Nashville at all yet that are now getting ready to play them twice a season. So that's just, it's a wild shakeup for the Western Conference landscape to throw them in there. And I think you're, personally, I think you're going to see Nashville player values go down a little bit compared to what they were as Eastern Conference players because their schedule is just that much different. Ooh, that's that's the hot take that Nashville will take a price plunge moving out to the West. Ooh, ooh. remember that one. Remember that chat? We heard it. <coughs> remember, let's talk to players now. Uh, Western Conference keepers, Ashley. Yeah, um, I love this Crepo move to LAFC. He's listed at seven, which is still a little pricey for me. Um, that defense has been inconsistent. I, I really feel like that whole team is in a rebuild, but he is a good point-producing keeper. Um, it just depends on what the defense looks like in front of him. So that's a keeper I'm definitely paying attention to. Um, and then I also really like Hassel at Vancouver, six and a half, a little more affordable. Um, he should be the starter. Vancouver's really started to put some money into that defense. Um, 
you know, they're still not a team that I often love to bank on, but as we say, this expression sometimes, they're also not a team that I always root against. Um, so I'm paying attention to him and then just, you know, to, to put some of the bigger names out there, I think it's important to look at Stefan Fry, also super expensive. Um, and then who, who went to Portland? Wasn't it, um, Bingham, Bingham knows, right? No. Um, did Bingham get signed with Portland? Was yeah. it? That must be brand new news. Cause I've, I haven't, no, that's that. been there for a while. That's what they Am did. Are you sure? Let me yeah. check. I swore maybe it was just something. No. Yeah. He's listed at 5.5 in the system. Um, so is the other keeper Ivacic. So I don't know who's intended to start, but um if if it's david bingham you guys know i don't love to pick up portland and they've also kind of had some shakeups um i think that that's an interesting interesting situation and that's a lot cheaper um than some of the other western conference keepers so um that and again like we said cheaper is only something that we're going to talk about for a couple of weeks but for week one trying to fit into that salary cap um a cheaper keeper that i know will play is someone that that i'm definitely paying attention to so should I just oh. blow your mind, Tyler? Are you doing all right? <laughs> no, I had to look up, and I was <laughs> like, "Whoa, he actually is signed." I told you, yeah. And then yeah, I was, um, I was smiling at your cheaper keeper. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a no, yes to mind blown. Yeah. Yes, my mind is blown. So yeah, that, those are who, who I'm, I'm looking at, um, for kind of some cheaper, oh, cheaper point productions. Yeah. Cheaper keepers are always on the radar, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, because your running keeper is early in the season, and we like to find those cheap options that are starters. Correct. And I, my, the two, the two names I'm looking at are the Dallas keepers. Uh, Maurer played really well last year for him, and then Paz, Pease, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. he's another. They're both coming in at five point five. This is definitely a goalkeeper battle to watch, but five point five for a starter on a team that's done okay in the past i mean there is a little bit of turnover here big time um but this is a team that seems to put the defense together a little bit and 5.5 is not terrible to get a starter um especially early in the season uh, favorable matchups there um i really like their week one matchup so that's that's coming next week and then ashley you actually had it wrong hassal for vancouver is six he's not 6.5 i typo so sorry. Yeah. So that's even so, better. What an upgrade. Better. Yeah. Um, Vancouver's a defense that is about every other year. They're either really, really good or really, really bad. And I think they're due for a good year. They've got some names back there on defense that were not healthy last year. If they can keep their guys together and healthy, it's a defense that usually is better than the way they're valued by the game. And I think Hassal is going to benefit from that. And he's just, he's another cheap option to start the season on a defense that should outperform their expectations for us as it goes along. Tyler. Uh, I only really have one highlight for keeper and it would be the move of the Portland keeper to Houston, Steve Clark. I feel like they're really shoring up their defense. And if they have a they already have some veteran center backs and all that. So having a, a good goalkeeper, the last one was Joe Willis and look what he's doing in Nashville now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if now that they have a good keeper, he's 
not a half bad look and their te- yeah. their team it doesn't look half bad on the defensive side. For sure. I was going to say, are we actually going to get all the way to me without somebody saying Willis? I don't think we'd. Yeah. Willis. Yeah. Yeah. Willis. Uh, of course, one of the guys to not forget uh, Yarborough, another one over there in Colorado, mm-hmm. a name who was a, a go-to a lot last year, Miller over in Minnesota, solid player right there to look at. Uh, Blaine, people are asking about sporting Kansas city. He didn't show any love. It's no. we're one position in chat. Calm down. He's got he's got several other positions to get them in. I mean, I don't know. Like, I love my guys, and yeah, you can shout out Mealy all you want to. Um, by all means, t- tell everybody to take Mealy. I'm going to be glad with everybody takes Mealy. Yeah. Sporting has I, not been a shutout defense. Christian Dan won't be now. glad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sporting has not been a shutout defense for two seasons, and. When you're when you're looking at a goalkeeper price like that, that's not really on a shutout defense, it gets really tough to take him. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, let's talk about defenses in the Western Conference, Blaine. Uh, the big news is Hollingshead forced a move no. to LAFC. Um, props to Dallas for crazy. actually making it happen for him. Crazy, like all respect to Dallas and I hope they have a good season on defense after taking the high road on this one. Hollings had wanted to go home and I heard rumor that he was actually supposed to go to Sacramento when they joined MLS and we all know where that has gone. Yikes. And so getting the move to LA now is good. Dallas gets a return on him, but you're, they're sending arguably the best left back over the past about four years. Out, I, arguably he's up there. The over, best, the best over four Whoa. over a four year span. Whoa, <laughs> he's I, I I don't know. He's great. I, I get it. I could go he's with great. versatile. He's versatile. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, and, <clears throat> <I'm trying> to... <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> yeah, and and for fantasy though, I don't think we've talked about a left back for that long being that viable, even in fantasy. So. So he's a great pick is what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. And now you're putting him in a system where he's got some even better playmakers, some more experienced guys up there. I'm just wondering if he's the starting left back or if they play him as a mid. Yeah. Yeah, And that's, that's my take too, is what's he going to be doing there? Um, Well, I think he's the Raheem Edwards replacement as well. Cause Raheem Edwards jumped ship to the other side of the town. And he was also on the left side as a, Faux defender slash. But they also have Palacios, who's mm-hmm. the left back yeah. right now. Yeah. But if he gets if he gets pushed farther forward, now we've got Gressel in the Western Conference, and you've got him playing higher up the field, sure. and he's done really well at that too. So he's just he's one of those guys that I'm going to be watching because he's only six point five, mm-hmm. which we've got some other defenders that are a lot higher, and so that's a decent starting point. Um. And then I struggled in the Western Conference to really find value in my defender line. There's starters out there that are a little bit cheaper, but I struggled to find real value. And the only guy I could I could come up with that I think is maybe a little underpriced for what he can do is is he not Marin for Kansas City? We all know what Fontas did last year. Um, if he got forward in a give and go in preseason and scored a goal off of a give and go, like. He's getting involved in the attack. I've seen, I saw it a little bit last year, but he's a guy that really likes to push forward from the center back one. 
And when he's played, the bonus points are there. He just missed so much time last year. I don't think we really got to showcase him. I think he's starting a little bit lower than some of the other guys, and I think the bonus points are going to be there. He's a guy you can probably get in on a little bit safer early price rise and then ride him for a long way, kind of like we did with some guys last year. Um, I'm trying to remember who the name was off the top of my head, but we grabbed a couple of guys early and just rode that price rise wave for about four or five weeks. I think he's in that same boat where you're going to be able to ride a pretty big wave for value because he's starting off just a little bit lower and he's expected to outperform that by a lot. Right. Ashley. Um, I'm not even like planning to pick him up. I'm just so glad Tyler's here for me to say that Nathan comes in at 7 million to start this season. And I just think that that's fantastic. Um, Cause I remember when Tyler first uh, said, I think I'm going to pick up Nathan. I was like, what? Everybody went crazy. Everybody. And I saw so 0.07%. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that that is great to see. And that's part of what Skyler's doing that I think is fantastic where, you know, you take someone who at the start of last season was owned by no one. And by the end of last season was owned by everybody. Um, so seven for him is just fun to see. Um, I also think that Holland's head is worth a look um, in the Western Conference. I think that LAFC's defense is going to be a little tricky um, to figure out. Um, but we know that he can do well. Um, Portland's bringing back a lot of their same players. I'm not one who traditionally loves a Portland defense, but if you are, a lot of the same players are there. Um, I don't know if Tyler was going to mention this at all, but I'll give a brief dive into the fact that Seattle is supposedly going back to a four-back instead of that winger-based five-back that we saw a ton of fantasy point production from last year. Um, So that means that you'll either see knew who or Jimmy Madronda on the left side of the ball instead of as one of the three center back pairings, if that is in fact what they're going to end up doing. Um, so Madronda's injured right now. So yeah, right now it's new who exactly. Well, and again, not to just really Seattle homer on, but I mean, if he can defend Mo Salah, what can't he do? Uh, I'm just loving that new who trained this year. I, I, I really think that this year's his year coming off that tournament. Um, I don't know how that will equate to fantasy points because he is like one step away from a red card at all times. <laughs> um, but I really like his price at 6.5 and I like what we, sorry, what Seattle will ask of him to do this season. I think that this is a year he might push for a sell. Supposedly he's been doing that for a short amount of time already. Um, so I do like him as in the defense. I think some people will prefer Alex Roldan on the other side. Um, or Yamar in the middle with the def, you know defender of the year caliber season that he just had. Um, but for me, I I like a new who coming out of that Seattle defense. And again, um, Seattle defense was the hottest aspect of fantasy at the start of last season, much to all of our surprise, especially Reeds. Um, but with an, with an adjustment back to an old formation, um, I'm a little hesitant to the, these first couple weeks just to see how that works for fantasy um, because that wingback system is what worked out so well for fantasy at the start of last season. And if they're fading that, which it does seem like they are, um, I'm not too sure how I feel about some of the Seattle defensive production from fantasy points. Tyler, anything to add? Uh, I'm actually going to go the opposite of Nathan with, for you. I'm going to go his uh, left-hand man, Calvo. Yeah, who was, a good pickup. who was in chicago for years mm-hmm. he was their captain i believe yep. um 
and right now he's slotting in at five and a half. Yeah, he's a, cheap. I mean, I wouldn't say he's like a good center back, but he's one of those center backs that can get bonus points out of the mm-hmm. blue and just yeah. he'll be in the attack. He's yeah. a really big goal threat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just someone you really got to keep an eye on. And at yep. five five, I think he'll get enough bonus points to be able to rise in price pretty yeah. quickly. I thought he was six. No, he's five five. I just. Oh, well. Nice. Yeah. Um, and another one with Alistair Johnson leaving, mm-hmm. I think they're, I think he was the right back or maybe left back. Or was Romney right back and then left back was Alistair? Uh, either way, uh, I think it's Mayer. Mar yeah. is going to be his replacement. Mar. And right now he's sitting at 5'5. Five, five, and mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot you need to do to live up to the potential that Johnson was on a team like Nashville. They're a very solid defensive team. You know you're going to get the clean sheet bonus points. And then at that point, you just got to work your magic on whatever side you're on. And at, yeah, it's just plug, uh, plug and play, I guess. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see which number two Nashville player people have, because of course Zimmerman's number one that people are going to be looking at with Nashville. But a lot of times it then came, came down to Romney or Lovitz as, yeah. as some yeah. of those options. Lovitz being uh, the same price, but just playing out there on the wing, Romney being there in the middle. So that that's another wrinkle into that uh, decision right there. Mm-hmm. A couple of names I'll throw out. Uh, Wilson over in Colorado one that we we liked a lot last year people also talked about abu, abu bakar a lot last year and i like abu bakar as well wilson's cheaper so i kind of like that uh i don't know yeah 0.5 cheaper so um abu bakar maybe a little bit too too pricey than if you got a solid guy like willis or sorry wilson um and you can look at New York City. So they, they have some defensive options right there that have done some, some good things with, with bonus points. Uh, even though they are not a clean sheet team for the last two years, Fontas as well. I think the number two point generating defender last year. So definitely some bonus points potential there uh, Wagner. as well. Yeah, there we go. So um, otherwise, I think you guys touched a lot of the names. We can look at it. It's going to be interesting to see where the offensive and defensive players end up this year, as they are every year, to see how that what that sweet spot balance point is of how you how you balance those those points. Let's go over now to midfielders from the Western Conference. Ashley. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw some names out here and then I actually have to hop out because I'm spouseless tonight for support. And oh my uh, gosh. Gra- grandma's getting sleepy She's um, been in chat, though. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, from uh, the other side of the state. Thanks for helping. <laughs> um, so one of the well, again, one of the adjustments that that Skyler and, and the, the league made is that uh, Druissy is a midfielder for um, Austin now and he's listed at nine. Um, I didn't watch them enough to see if that's reflective, but he definitely picked up midfielder points as a striker. Um So I'm interested to see how that will carry over into fantasy, how often he'll play um in in a productive point value role not how often he'll play in general but how often he'll play in a productive point value role i also although it didn't sound like he was a big fan of it i also love kellen acosta coming to lafc i feel like him and mark anthony k are kind of a like for like swap except kellen acosta is better so i really i really do 
think that that might be a good point production. Um, obviously, the players playing in front of him for that LAFC team are incredible. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how he fits in there, even though it sounded like he would have preferred to go to Europe. Um, and then also, uh, Tyler can probably elaborate on this for me a little bit if he wants while I head out. Um, I'm just a little hesitant about the Seattle midfield and just some of the adjustments that they'll be making. Um, I, I would like to think that Rusnak is going to fit in just fine. Um, he's the most expensive midfielder for Seattle in fantasy at the gate. Um, and Nico Ladero is being slowly phased back in, in preseason in minutes. And I think that again, that might be falling trap with Nico um, to a name that you've has served you well in fantasy years past is not necessarily a name out of the gate um, that will serve well you well as well. Rusnak, it looks like it's going to be taking the free kicks. Rusnak, it looks like is also going to be taking the corners, which I know at least in my circle of Seattle fans is something that has been agonizing with Nico Ladero for the last few seasons is he's not the free kick taker. He thinks he is. Um, so, you know, I, I'm interested to see, how putting Rusnak into that system contributes or takes points away from guys like Joao Paulo, huge point producer last season, guys like Nico Ladero, huge point producers in seasons past, but injured so much last year. Um, so I think there's a lot of points to be had in the Seattle midfield, but I'm not quite sure where those points are going to come from right out of the gate um, and who to spend your money on because they're expensive. Rusnak's nine and a half. Nico's starting at nine, even though I don't think he'll, he'll play a full 90 these first couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, I'm interested to see, like I said, where those points come from. And I'm just a little hesitant in general um, with, with Nico Leggero for sure. Lane. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Ashley. We'll Sorry see about you. that, guys. No, it's yeah, good. We'll yeah, see you back for round one. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey. Uh, big change to note first um, is Johnny Russell got moved to the midfield line this year in the fantasy game. Um, I don't think that's going to hurt his production at all. I think he's going to get about the same scores he did in the past, but he's got a little bit of chance to pick up like a one point clean sheet bonus and just get some of those other midfield bonuses that he wouldn't have had as a forward. So that's interesting. It also means he's a little bit easier to slot in to a team at times, uh, but he's got the price to match. I think he's starting at a 10.0, which is, I think second highest of all midfielders in the game right now. So take that for what it is. Um, a name I'm I'm really curious to see. I want to see what he can do and how he plays um, because it's a recent transfer. Uh, Montiero to San Jose at $9 million. Um, San Jose has been needing a little bit of a deeper playmaker. Um, they've got some guys like Chofis that we expected to do more. He could unlock some of this team, or he could just be a deep playmaker for them and kind of get the same production he had at Philly in Western Conference system. He'll be interesting to watch, and I think there's a lot of potential to get him where he can be a little bit more of a feature playmaker from whatever position he's in, and I think that bodes really well for his potential this year. Um, a name that should be up there with the premiums, in my opinion, is Gold for Vancouver. I... <sighs> I think he's probably probably should be starting at a 10.0 given the team that's around him and how much of the work he's going to carry. Um, I, I think see. he, I think he single-handedly makes that Vancouver 
uh, dangerous team that everybody in the Western Conference has to watch out for. Um, he's got a couple of strikers in Cavallini and White who have shown that they can score regularly. He's got a decent supporting cast. If the defense does what I think it can do, um, I think he's in a position to be one of those premier midfielders in the Western Conference. And at a 9.0 starting price, I think is a little low for him. Now we see guys like Zella in the Eastern Conference that are same price point. So he's with everybody else. But I think he's just prepped to exceed that in a lot of ways. And one of those guys that I'm going to be keeping an eye on and probably looking to incorporate into my team earlier in the season as I can fit the prices in. And then a guy I'm really curious about, uh, came on really strong towards the end of last season, is Espria for Portland. If he continues to start, he's 5.5. He found a goal-scoring form late in the year. Um, just became a monster for me in draft. I, I ran him pretty much week in and week out at the end of the draft season, and he carried me a long way. If he picks up that form again, Blanco is back. He seemed to fit well on the wing there. If he can keep up the form he ended last season with, he is a steal at 5.5 to start the season. Tyler. Um, I'm going to echo Blaine right now to start. I think that Ryan Gauld is literally the next Lodero. He came into the season halfway wow. through and he was lighting the league on fire and kind of a similar system too, where you, you just almost turned your team around from, uh, um, from not even close to the playoffs to making the playoffs. Um, I just, I think he's as much as I've been bashing Vancouver, he's the one guy on Vancouver that I think is definitely worth a pick and will be for quite some time. Um, and one that, kind of is a shot in the dark for me here is max for colorado he was i believe a one million dollar signing by colorado is what i heard and this is a team that their their front office does not spend money so if you're spending a million dollars i know it doesn't sound like a lot but if you're spending a million on a on a number 10 which they've not done for quite some time i think that he will at least make an impact so he's on my watch list i'm probably not grabbing him early but i'm definitely keeping an eye on him um and what ashley was saying with the seattle mids it's it's honestly a cluster in there it's hard to figure out what's what's gonna happen i wrote down Riznak. i probably won't have him nor will i have lodero at the beginning of the season lodero i think is way too much for coming back from injury and probably not gonna be relevant for the first few weeks of the season i mm. i would jump right into forwards here because i know the other person that would be in the midfield for them is jordan morris off the wing um so technically it's a midfielder, but he's listed as a forward. He's the guy that I would be watching since he is listed as a forward. But right now, the midfield for Seattle, I would not touch. Like the fantasy game midfielders. 
because of their price point. I don't know, I don't know if nine's outrageous for for well, that nine and so. a half nine for a hurt lodero nine for a christian roldan well i mean i mean nine for him right now but i mean for for the kind of value you could expect for him like don't pick him up right now because he, he's coming back on but I, I think nine's probably fair for what you could sort of expect for him to yeah. come out the gate i think he's with. gonna drop the first few weeks though which probably. is why i wouldn't touch him build your roster for your money first uh, to wrap things up with just some other players to remind you of or to make sure you're keeping in mind for you newer newer fantasy managers, uh, Mukhtar at Nashville absolutely tore things up last year. Blaine is not sure. I, I point this way because that's where Blaine is on my screen. Blaine is not sure if uh, Nashville is going to have the same success out in the West. So we'll see. But uh, Mukhtar is an option and someone who we also battled back and forth with at times during the year before we settled on Mukhtar. Um, you can also look at... at uh, I just lost my note. Leal. Uh, you can also look over at Leal as, uh, as another option. Just to keep in mind, maybe a value, depending on what's going on. Uh, definitely, definitely cheaper. Also, Reynoso over at Minnesota and Fragapane over at Minnesota. Two guys. You can, they're worth mentioning, Tyler. They're worth, they're mentioning. worth mentioning. I think Frag is worth mentioning. I don't think Reynoso is. Okay. No, that's but fair. That's, that's my fair. personal opinion about what's been going on with him. No, that's fair. We can have more talks about which one during the relevant rounds, but these are two names of midfielders in Minnesota that you're going to want to look at. You're definitely going sure, to look at them. Sure. Paxton Pomagall over at, at Dallas, um, Espinoza over at San Jose, Blanco, Chara over there at Portland. Then we start hitting some of these defensive midfielder guys as well. Ring, Price, we'll see where that pans out uh, as the double game weeks come up. But just some other names right there to make sure you're looking at these players on these teams as, uh, as you're starting to, to make your decisions. Let's wrap things up with uh, forwards. I'll give Ashley's really quick. Actually, no, Blaine, you go ahead and go first, and I'll just fill in with Ashley's when it gets to me. Yeah. Um, first name I threw out here this time was uh, Hara for FC Dallas, coming in at seven. Um, everything points to him being the starter. Uh, 7-0 starter is always welcome in a uh, forward position. Um, and that's before you take into account that uh, Ferreira is probably going to be right behind him. Paul Ariel is going to be on one of those wings. Hara is just poised to have a really good season. He may not blow us out of the water. He may not be one of those highest scoring players that we want. But given his starting price, I think he's going to be one of those players that's going to see a lot of play in the fantasy game early on. And even as the season goes on, just because I think he's on the right team at the right time and he's got the right price just to be fantasy gold to start with. Um, another name that's kind of on that is Shinyashiki for Colorado. He's getting a little bit older, a little bit more experience, uh, but he's got only got a 5.0 starting price. So if he's out there and starting, you've kind of got to keep him on the radar, especially as we start looking for switcheroos. Um, because you can't get much better than a 5-0 switcheroo to go with. And Colorado's got to Colorado's find some goals at some point if they want to really have a shot at repeating in the West or winning yeah. MLS yeah. Cup. So you need these young guys to step up. And I think Shinyashiki is one of those guys that we could see play. Uh, Galvin also picked up an injury, so that's less competition at those spots. So we'll have to see. Um, GT for Austin is a guy that he struggled last year after getting signed mid season. Uh, I want to see what he can do with a 
full offseason, get it really getting in with this team. I think there's a lot of potential there. He's listed at 8.5, which I think is fair. It probably prices him out of early season play. But he's one of those guys that he's starting a little bit lower. So if he does go off right away, we can get into him without him being priced out for the first part of the season. Um, and just a guy I really want to see how he fits. And I think there's a ton of potential there. And then the other guy who I think is going to have a big season, priced it coming in at an eight, uh, injured last year and didn't really get to show us. But I just think the way the team's tracking, they're going to get better. And that's Ibovacy with San Jose. I think he fits that system. I, he fits the guys that are behind him. He can be that target striker that they need. And now that they've added Montiero to that team, I think he's going to get a lot of service. And I don't think he's going to be really competing for that starting job. I think it's his. And I think he's just going to be free to play. And as long as he comes back from that injury, okay, I think he's going to be one of those guys we have to keep a, keep an eye on and account for week in and week out. It'll, he'll probably be very matchup dependent, but I think on those good matchups, you're going to have to have him on your radar as a guy that's potential got the potential to go off and I just I think he's priced at the right spot for me to really keep an eye on him early on and see where he can fit in Tyler uh so forwards okay um I'm surprised he's still listed as a forward after playing Mm -hmm. as a 10 a lot last year Jesus Ferreira absolutely shredded at the end of last season him and Pepe were just the partners to die for um and he wasn't a popular pick fantasy wise but he was producing like he should be a popular pick and anytime you have a a forward that's playing as the 10 position you should almost always have them that's the Velas and now the Ferreras the Jesus Ferreira um and kind of going off of the name Ferreira, I think Sebastian Ferreira for Houston at least has a shot at making a name for himself. He's a he's someone I'm going to be looking for because Houston never really has had a good striker for a while, and they need one. So I'm I'm kind of watching to see if he's going to be that guy for them. And sticking with Houston, Fafa Picol is now a forward instead of a mid, which I absolutely love um, because he was producing kind of like a forward, but also put a decent amount of mid um, stats in there. So actually having him as a forward makes him more relevant fantasy-wise. I'm... I might not be like uh, Blaine and Ashley where I like uh, forwards being turned to mids like Russell and Dreesy. I like mids being turned into forwards um, because it's it they get they're getting the fantasy value at, of a mid as in the forward position if they're playing as a mid. Yeah, if they're playing out of position, they're getting in a better position to also get the assists, which is what's going to separate them from the other forwards. Exactly. Uh, did you cover everything? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So to cover what Ashley was putting in her notes, uh, and plus my just general wrap up there, we got to hit up Chicharito over at LA Galaxy. That's uh, 
maybe not what we expected to take the league by storm or the league had hoped he would take the league by storm, but he's there. He's a name that you need to look at uh, because uh, he's, he's a key player over there at LA on also in LA. There's the whole trio of Vela and Arango and um, Rodriguez Rodriguez. to just consider what you want to have right there. Vela is going to be the go-to for most people, but um, that's, that's a three players to keep an eye on right there with that team. Uh, you're going to also want to look at, of course, Rui Diaz here with our, our Seattle contingent being one down. Shallowy over at Sporting Kansas City had some good some good times last year, Blaine, so I think he's worth the shout-out. Uh, also, surprised you didn't mention it, Blaine, or if you did, I just didn't hear it, but uh, White over at Vancouver, he's he's a guy that you I, liked some last year. I Yeah, I dropped his name talking about Gold more Okay, so. right, 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 right. Because – I don't know if Cavallini's actually going to get displaced permanently for White. I love mm-hmm. what White can do, but I still think that's a little bit of a battle, and I think you're going to see some back and forth. Um, if I had my way, it would be White all the way on that one. Be, I know that Cavallini's seen, injured right now. Yeah, because I just haven't seen it from Cavallini, but if Cavallini's playing at his peak, I think he's much better than White. Uh, then a name we see in chat, CJ Sapong. Mm. I don't know. I don't think uh, he would be so far down the depth with other, I think, viable options that he's not really one that's on my, my list right now. I think so, Loba's so their starter right now. Right. He's he's been a super sub. Yeah. Sapong's one of those weird ones. Last year when he started, the team played really, really well. And he was able to pick up a lot of points. Um, my concern with Sapong and why I didn't list him here, because he came to mind pretty quick. And then I remembered that Nashville was in the Western Conference. I don't know that Sapong's style really lines up as well against Western Conference defenses. I I agree. He's he's really good at exploiting some of those bottom of the table teams, and he put up some monster numbers against those. But when you get out in the Western Conference with Seattle and Portland, who can play a little more physical, with Sporting, who doesn't foul as often as they used to, but they like to chew up guys like that when you get to a Colorado who is a defensive powerhouse or the LA teams who aren't afraid to get a little bit more physical or San Jose's man marking I think Sapong's gonna fall or kind of fall off a lot and I just don't think the Western Conference suits him as well so I had a hard time listing him because I just don't think he's gonna be one of those guys that can replicate what he's done given his career as kind of that number two player on the front line wherever he has been and just he plays well in a backup role but he's not a guy that's ever really locked down a starting job i don't think i don't think he's got it in the western conference i could be wrong but i worry about him playing in the west blaine is a nashville hater for the for this season so and i was a nashville fanboy last year like that's okay that's okay it's okay uh the last thing i will mention before we get out of here is uh the player moving to a forward position that will be the easiest one for me to ignore, and that's Barrios. So he's mm-hmm. he's there. Um, mm-hmm. Take that as as you he, may. But he uh, might be on my team a couple times. But uh, it's been he easier won't be for on me yours. To, to not pick him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so that's what we have for uh, the extended episode tonight of the Eastern Western Conference preview. Uh, don't forget that we're going to be going back to our regular schedule next week, nine. 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. 
Uh, February 21st, that will be our round one preview. Our special guest is going to be Isaac Jensen, a.k.a. Samurai Panda from the Discord chat. So that'll be a good one. Guys, do you have anything you'd like to plug as we wrap it up? Blaine? Yeah, I got to plug the Discord community. Um, they have put in work this offseason. It stayed active. Um, they're already starting with the plans. I know Christian's got a big project going, and I know Discord's helping with that some. Um, but I know that they've, they've already started some stuff. I've heard talk of a starting 11 addition to our mega reference from last year, where we kind of keep try to keep track of the starters, and that's coming. Uh, the mega reference will be coming back again this year, although it may be a little bit more incorporated into Christian's work. But I know people are already talking about that. They're watching preseason, keeping track of who's starting and set piece takers and all of that. So um, even though we're not quite ready for the game to start and it's coming early, the Discord is ready for the game to start and they are already working on all the great references that we've got for you. And it's largely happened without me this year, which is a, a testament to the community. Um, I've been a little lazy this off season and they're still doing and taking these projects that have been started really by the community and running with them. So if you're not part of Discord, go be part of Discord. Um, there's tons of good references and I just can't thank that community enough for all the effort they've put into the game in the off season to make sure it's going. I know the big project right now is making sure that all of the missing players are added to the game and they're getting all that to Skyler in a, in a, in a thread that we've got for him. And he's responding and not responding too much, but we're seeing guys get added slowly as we go along. Tyler. Uh, nothing really. Just thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> Tyler will be joining us as a contributor at MLS Fantasy Boss this year. So check out, uh, he'll have an article coming out uh, for round one. And, and you can see what, what he decides to share with us with his with his differential, the, the newest one to pull up the pin of the differential pick. So happy to have him there. As for myself, uh, I'm going to, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, r slash fantasy MLS is, is not really what we're focused on anymore. But if you are still on Reddit and you want to get your MLS fixed, you can head over to r slash MLS. Uh, one of the mods, Cam, at the Fantasy Boss Discord server is also a mod over there. And they're in the middle of their countdown to kick off uh, season right now where they're giving in-depth previews of the teams. We have something similar coming to MLS Fantasy Boss soon with a little player fantasy player preview profiles that we have. If you could think of it as a scaled down version of the countdown the kickoff that's more fantasy first focus. But if you want big in-depth previews of what to expect from these teams, key players from these teams, all kinds of great formations, coaches, this head over to r slash MLS and check out the countdown the kickoff. It is a really great resource. Uh, but also, please do, if, if you probably get out of the habit over the offseason, I get it. Head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com. We're going to have our articles coming back. We're going to have uh, the player previews coming back. We'll, of course, have this podcast link there in case your friends miss it and you want to send them a link to someplace. MLSFantasyBoss.com is the place to go. And for the daily fantasy chat, as Blaine and Tyler know, head over to the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. The easiest way to do that is, again, to go to MLSFantasyBoss.com. Right in the top bar, there is a Discord link that will take you to uh, the, the server 
to join all yourself right there. So it's fun. It's free, a fantastic community, over a thousand people strong now, which is absolutely amazing. Thanks everyone who's joined. Uh, it's going to be a great season. Again, we're back next week, Monday at 930 with Isaac to talk about our round one preview. And for the first time in 2020, good luck. Thank <laughs> you.